Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The Around the NFL podcast. The most famous broadcasters on Radio Row. Totally not true, and yet we will ride with the narrative. From the Phoenix Convention Center, it's Around the NFL. I am Dan Hansis. Heroes here. Mark Sessler. Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? I mean, who's bigger? Wait, who? You want what, you want to go with Zolak over there? You guys, like, you, what is going on with the two of you? CBS what? Sports. With that, the two well, of us. Well, my yes. grandfather, you know, is watching that. What did that. I say to you? Between, I haven't even spoken. No, between day one when Mark's talking about his hotel suite oh. and, you know, oh. being a, a king, yeah. and now you're saying we're the most famous people here. Well, it said uh, broadcasters, so, you know. What did I say yesterday? You know, flying too you close to the sun f- on borrowed you, wings. You, you want to go put your buddy uh, Pat McAfee on uh, on a little throne? No, we're, you're, you're we're, the one we're saying there. that you were ready to ride with the narrative, and then you're 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 coming at us all of a sudden for riding with the narrative. Took it too far. Zolak um, was looking like especially Zolak. Something's today. going on with Zolak. We we walked by him on the way to the set. Zolak, aka the sentient Powerade bottle of uh, NFL media, uh, he now has kind of like a. I would say almost like he went to a stylist, and he's got like a really like a blind really, and then he got new glasses. Mm. It's 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 a whole look. It kind of looks like a professional wrestler. I didn't point. see, I didn't encounter him, but I've seen him in the past, and he's a guy who's a large framed individual. Absolutely, large sunglasses. We are indoors, so that's it's a choice. Right, that is a move. Um, this is the Super Bowl preview episode, Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Uh, Eagles, Chiefs, and thank you to everybody who checked out our first show from uh, Radio Row here. Sorry, Media Row uh, here at the Phoenix Super No, the Arizona Super Bowl. Um, got a lot of positive feedback on the Jamal Williams conversation, which I uh, was happy to see that. Yeah, I think people thought that, you know, I think he helped take it right to the goal line for us. He, he was a wonderful guest, but... We did our part. That's what we're, what we're here to do. If we weren't here, he would have been speaking to nobody on the show. Absolutely. And we got a very special guest coming up uh, as like kind of the halftime of today's show. Our good buddy Chris Mad Dog Russo is going to uh, talk some Super Bowl props and just catch up with our, our pal Russo. And um, we're going to break this down into two parts, Greggy. Okay? 
Want to get into it? Want to get into the Super Bowl? Please. Like, I think we it, need to. Like for real, like hardcore, get into the game. Comma, big game. The game's going to happen whether we do it or not. It would be interesting one of these years <laughs> if we did a whole Super Bowl week with the guests and whatnot and talking about our nights. And we actually never previewed the game. Would anyone notice or comment? No, not at all. I, uh, it's, about as, it's, a, it's a football guy's dream, though, this game. It Real is. Here's, here's, a, here's, a good, here's a really good stat in terms of where we're at on this. Um, two 14 and t- three teams in the regular season, now both 16 and three, both number one seeds. I love this one. Both teams scored exactly 546 points this year. Mm. Um, and you would think what happened more the number one versus number one, but it happens where a team gets picked off, and yet it does feel like, boys, that this is the matchup uh, that we were destined to see, and now we're about to see it. There's this. There's one other mirror aspect to that little. That that tweet has been going out all over with right. these six all pros on both teams, including a Kelsey, obviously on both teams, and their quarterback. Like this is. There is no real. Like both are so complete. I just feel like this game is going to be like a 90 points total. Oh yeah, Mark. How about both teams have 4.6 yards per carry? I this saw year. that one, and it felt like you, that's the your bullet, turn. That was the bullet point they could have <laughs> knocked out. That, that, didn't, that didn't help. I like the years, and I remember them too. When in the Super Bowl, you get the best two teams, and it kind of you, you've been on this journey covering the sport throughout the course of the season. And there were other great teams this year. Like, it wouldn't have been crazy if the 49ers and Bengals were in this game. But I think of games like Saints-Colts. Those were the two quarterbacks who were the two MVP candidates for the year. They were the best two teams all year. Great matchup. You determine who's the winner. Saints get it done. Seahawks-Patriots, to me, the best two teams in the league that year. Not the MVP candidates, uh, but the number one offense, number two one defense kind of two you know franchises and then now here's the number one mvp he's gonna win it tonight we're taping on thursday but we know he's got and i believe jalen hurts will be number two in mvp they win in different sorts of ways pass run and all that but it's it's beautiful when you just turn it's easier to remember too like when mm-hmm. we're doing this in 10 years we'll remember this one who knows what about last <laughs> it's like oh remember that rams thing that was kind of weird hopefully hopefully we get the classic <laughs> that we're expecting because you know Let's be, let's be honest, the postseason hasn't always uh, delivered on the games that we thought were home runs. Uh, maybe this one makes up for everything. And, I, you know, and we're going to make our game picks, our MVP picks, our sandwich props, all good stuff. But let's start. Let's break it down this way. Let's start with the Eagles offense against the Kansas City defense. Greg, I'm going to tee you up to start here. Um, it's an Eagles offense that obviously does just about everything well. However, uh, we haven't seen that offense in full flight, even throughout the two playoff games, at least on one side of their attack. No, because Jalen Hurts hasn't quite been himself. It's gotten a little lost in the Mahomes injury shuffle that Hurts' lowest three graded games, according to PFF, for instance, uh, three out of his four lowest graded games in this season were his last three that they haven't been lighting it up. They haven't needed to because of their opponent, uh, because he's made some timely plays early and because the running game's good and because of the defense. And to me, his rise is what this is all about. And I know we want to talk Eagles offense first, but I do want to just think big picture too about this game. Like, the rise of Jalen Hurts in, the, in this matchup is the rise of the black quarterback. Like, I, I think about how the sport and how – the league has changed since we started uh, doing this show. And for every year, I used to do QB Index. Mark's doing a great job with it now. 
And I, every year it's like, oh, is this going to be the new generation? Okay, Luck and Cam is here. Is this the new generation? Uh, here come some more people. Is this the new generation? When is it going to change? And, like, Brady especially just would not let it go. And Aaron Rodgers wins two MVPs in a row, and he would not let it go. And then this year we've talked about all the 20-somethings in these playoffs. But, but especially when you look at Hurts specifically and the black quarterbacks in general, it's not just these two guys in an historic matchup. And Mahomes being able to maybe be the first black quarterback to win twice. It's Tua. It's Geno. It's Lamar Jackson. It's Dak Prescott. It's Kyler Murray. It's Justin Fields. And we sort of don't even notice it at this point. But you look at it compared to 10 years ago, and it's a different sport. And Hurts specifically in the way that they run this offense in part through his legs um, and just the style that is very different through Mahomes. Like, it's here. The new generation is here. It's a beautiful thing, and it's cool to see these two guys who are so different, Mahomes and Hurts, uh, in the biggest spotlight. And don't slip, sleep on the symbolism that Tom Brady retired. Like, he was yep. the guy. You mentioned the guys that didn't want to let go, and, and Brady, to his credit, even going into this year, uh, was still a superstar. Now he's probably gone, gone, gone. Yeah, and I think that the transformation that you've mentioned – has a lot to do also with new thinking when it comes to coaching because it was a bit of a sea change when Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and Harbaugh decided we're going to take Lamar Jackson, do what he does well, and base an entirely zig when everyone else is zagging offense around him. And I, I, I look at Nick Sirianni and the, where they were with Jalen Hurts a year ago and how they transformed and changed that offense midstream and changed who the Eagles were and where we are today. And a lot of credit goes to Nick Sirianni. I keep thinking, I feel like he's just underrated and overlooked at times. He's got this team playing loose. They're, they're absolutely like a wonderful vibe to Eagles team. And what they've done with Jalen Hurts is stands out. It's one of the best coaching jobs of the entire season. And just to put a button on what you were saying, Greg, this is the first Super Bowl that's featuring two black starting quarterbacks squaring off. Um, and, yeah, you, when you look at, like, the breakdown of the percentage uh, of quarterbacks in the league uh, of color, it is, it's so, it is so much different. Like, the, fo- the football we grew up on, that, like Randall Cunningham, for instance, or Warren Moon, those guys were outliers in the way the league looks. Now it's turning the other way. And, and Doug Williams. Like, and it's, yeah. look, we're, we're three white guys talking about this, but it's like a black league, and it's always in, in terms of the, the athletes that are on the field, and it's always been – it's been off, and a lot of the quarterbacks, like Doug Williams and like Jalen Hurts, frankly, have had to come through different ways. Like late second-round pick, he did bounce around in college. You weren't quite sure he would ever develop into what we saw as an NFL quarterback, and yet the NFL has kind of changed, and Jalen Hurts' decision-making has improved leaps and bounds. And I and that's we can talk about the pass game, but in terms of the run game, his decision-making to me is huge on Sunday, and the decisions a lot of time are going to be – do I hand the ball off or not? Because it's an RPO offense, and the Chiefs' defense has struggled uh, at times against RPO offenses. Uh, struggled. There's a lot of numbers that when it's uh, a passing down, they really struggle to stop the run, and the Eagles are great at doing that. And Hurts, I think, is going to have an opportunity. When they line up and, and the Eagles kind of – the Chiefs have to prepare for either Hurts to pat, hand the ball off or keep it and go around the end. I think they're going to – or maybe he just hands the ball off and it's a regular inside zone, or he throws that little bubble screen. It's like every play has got these three options, and he's done a great job deciding. And I have a feeling the Chiefs will maybe dare him to be the guy who does run it 16, 18 times. And we've seen games like that, and I think they might, of all the weapons that the 
Eagles have. Mike Darren early saying, like, we'll live with you getting five, six yards running hurts, and we're going to try to hit you and, and kind of play it that way. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles have the highest run rate out of the spread formation. The Chiefs have allowed the most yards of any team in the league against the spread in running situations. I mean, th- there are little ways that you can find advantages for Philadelphia. The, uh, the Chiefs are a middle-of-the-pack DVOA against the run. Um, they have only four teams in the league found a way to contact rushers behind the line of scrimmage less than the Eagles. So it's like there's, there's a way for Jalen Hurts to make that decision that you're talking about less than the and Chiefs make yardage. Mean, yeah. Less than the Chiefs, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they've been ineffective on that front. And then you look at the Eagles, their road to the Super Bowl, and – and Hertz's road through the season where he was dominant MVP candidate. I said on the show throughout November into December, I thought Hertz was the MVP, uh, even over Mahomes. He hurts his shoulder. He misses uh, a few weeks at the end of the regular season. He comes back, and there's questions, and especially in that divisional round game against the Giants, like how close is he to healthy? He was acknowledging he wasn't fully healthy. And then they blow out the Giants by halftime, and they get to change their game script. We, everyone knows what happened in the 49ers game when their quarterback got hurt, and that game went sideways. So Hurts wasn't really – he still really hasn't been tested to beat a team with his arm if it comes to that. And I do want to see that. One stat that kind of jumped out to me uh, was A.J. Brown, who uh, was one of the key pickups uh, that any team had uh, this season. It was a brilliant trade. I'm sorry, Grave Digger, that we're hitting this up one more time. But he really unlocked that <laughs> it offense. It all started on draft night for the Eagles as as Justin Graver's heart was breaking. It Not started breaking on so draft much night. that he couldn't do a live stream reaction to it. <laughs> no, that was a must. And like the most 30-year-old move of all time. But um, <laughs> yes, Justin. Oh, here we go. Erica threw the threw the mic the phone in my face and said, oh. "Instant reaction, go." You know, I don't like this. You keep blaming things I'm not on blaming uh, Erica. No, I was not happy even to, here. It's I a was bit happy of a trend to have lately. my heartbreak reaction be aired live to all of our followers. In Justin's defense, yeah, I thought he showed Erica a great amount of respect. We ran into one of our former producers, the Irishman, Absolutely. Brandon McGinnis, right down the hallway yeah. here at Media Row. And uh, they were talking it up, the producers. It was like the old girlfriend and the new girlfriend. It was a bit of a, some energy there <laughs> mm-hmm. going on uh, for the, me personally. That would be our – yes. they're our girlfriend yes. in this situation. Um, but then at one point, uh, Justin referred to Erica as his protege. Well, no, his mentor. Oh, mentor. He, That's w- right. She was his protege. Yes, right. Because that would have been a massive power move if, she, if he called yes. her that. So <laughs> Mentor, you called Erica. <laughs> she which, was my mentor. How about that? It's true. I think he's 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 showing appropriate respect. All right. Anyway, to Ricky Hollywood. Sorry for cutting. You shouldn't have traded AJ Brown, but I know you knew that. Anyway, he gained a season low, uh, minus twenty-seven receiving yards over expected uh, next-gen mm. stats in the divisional round. It was minus sixteen, and that was the third lowest of his season. Um, and that doesn't mean that AJ Brown isn't playing well or or he choked in the playoffs. No, there's just um, that connection isn't quite there. You want to see what happens with those guys together, especially if Mahomes starts putting up points and they need to attack. Well, I'd say it's been there all year. I, I throw the Niners game out the window. I just don't really care about what happened in that one. But the Chiefs, you know, they are a rookie-laden secondary. They have the fourth worst passer rating allowed against the deep ball and Hertz outside of Tua has been the most effective deep ball passer in the league because of Devonta Smith because of AJ Brown so I see another opportunity for Philadelphia to make points to get yardage and to score my, early in this my larger point with that though is just because of the nature of the way the playoffs 
uh, postseason played out for Philly. We still haven't seen them have to really open it up other You're than right. they have to play here and there. You're right. Well, Hurts has to hit those shots because I think they'll be there. He missed them against San Francisco, and they were they were a go-ball team. Like, they were a deep-shot team, and the way the Chiefs play defense, you know, they – they play a lot of zone. You think of Steve Spagnolo in a certain way, man-to-man coverage and lots of blitz, very aggressive. I think because he has rookies, that's not who they are at all. They're, they're a zone defense. They don't blitz as much. They're, they're pretty average. I mean, he still cooks them up. I'm, I'm sure he will. We can get to that. But they do play press coverage, though, and that's to disrupt guys like A.J. Brown, who lives on slants, and he's the number one receiver in the league on slants, from disrupting it. And they have big physical guys. I'm thinking of Jalen Watson, especially their rookie, who's just like a massive dude, a a rare guy who can match Brown physically. But that's why A.J. Brown, and especially Devontae Smith, can kill you because he can make it look like he's got to go to a slant, and then, bam, he is down the field. And I think Hertz is going to throw four or five of those. And you gotta you gotta hit two or three, and that's the Eagles' offense. And if they can do that, then it opens up everything we know. I think they can run regardless. And then then the Chiefs' defense is in a world of hurt because it's actually a pretty good Chiefs' pass defense. It's not a good Chiefs' run defense, but they're pretty good against a pass. If they can hit those deep shots, forget about it. I mean, it. they've allowed more passing touchdowns than any team in the league. But I, I think this is an, I look back against what happened against Cincinnati. That that the, the defensive line, Chris Jones especially, created havoc right out of the gate. That's not going to happen as easily against this offensive line, which is the best in the league. He's been, Chris Jones has been unbelievable uh, down the stretch here. Uh, He had six pressures in the AFC title game, uh, his third most in the game. He has more pressures than any defensive tackle in the sport uh, since week 10. Uh, Now we know Philadelphia's offensive line is a strength. They have strengths all over the the roster. Um, uh, But Jones, I think, is going to get his because I think he's one of those guys that's locked in and he's a premier player. But you need that. I feel like you're going to need certain guys on this defense, and it's very important that the Chiefs look like they're going to get Sneed back in the back end, step up and make plays and slow down this Philadelphia offense because they've gotten out of the gate so hot uh, throughout the season. Jones has had a Aaron Donald-like season. I mean, Donald got hurt, and so Jones kind of stepped up as the best defensive tackle in the league, and he would have been last year too if there was no Donald. But even this year, he went to another level. I think that's their chance is in the interior, Jones, you know, versus, say, say Amalo uh, or Dickerson. Like, obviously, Jason Kelsey's great, and the whole Eagles offensive line is, is very good. But if there's, I think, much stronger on the edges uh, with Blaine Johnson, with Mylotta, and especially when you look at the matchup, I don't think the Chiefs' edge rushers are going to do anything. Like, Frank Clark's had a nice little run in Karloftis, but I think that all sort of ends. But if you look interior, it's it's Jones, and then they move Karloftis inside on passing downs, and Dana has been playing great for them. And so those three guys kind of rushing on the interior, can you get Hurts to kind of bail out of the pocket? He was doing that because he wants to throw from the pocket. He's either, like, running or throwing from the pocket. He's not Russell Wilson who's, like, scrambling and then throwing on the run. He's more of, like, he wants to win from the pocket or he, he has a called run. And I mean, we We've avoided the Kelsey versus Kelsey thing because it became ponderous sure. almost immediately. But for Jason Kelsey, it's a, a lot more attention obviously put on Travis Kelsey because we see him scoring points, but it is a huge game for Jason Kelsey. It, it really is. Like the mm. whole interior line, but I think like he is a key figure in this entire event. I'm looking at the uh, the middle of the field with, with the Chiefs. It's where they give up a lot of, a lot of plays. You know, they're going to have – you know, there are two linebackers, Willie Gay, Nick Bolton on the field sometimes because they're going to want to try to play a little heavier 
to stop the run, and that's where it's it's Dallas Goddard time, you know, mm-hmm. working the middle of the field, and then the running backs uh, out of the backfield probably have those linebackers on them, and I, I think we see a decent amount of Kenny Gainwell. He's better on passing downs than, than Sanders, and, and some of those, you know, just like six, seven-yard throws, and, and for Goddard, it's a, often a lot more. I mean, he's among the leaders in, in yards after the catch this season. Yeah, Goddard's a guy that jumps out when you're like, who's – maybe not an MVP candidate in this game, but who's the guy that can quietly wreck the game that no one's talking about? Um, there's been a lot of Isaiah uh, Pacheco talk on the KC side, but Goddard does jump out. You got Devonta Smith, obviously. They obviously have A.J. Brown. They have this running game that, when it gets really cooking, is absolutely dominant. But Goddard's one of those guys, he's in such a good spot because they can run the ball, because they can beat you deep, because Devonta Smith has developed into a number one type guy. He's got a lot of real estate and can make plays when the pass is there and gets there. I mean, it's two teams that spread the ball around to so many different people. And I think Philly just has, they're so versatile. Mm. There's so many different ways to attack Kansas City that yeah, you wonder just from a defensive side that the Chiefs and other, some of these other games, it's like we know who the weapons are. And this one, it's like it could happen from any, any place on the field. That's why I, I still look back on that Kyle Shanahan Falcons team that, that lost the 28-3 to lead that inspired the, the cinematic masterpiece, 80 for Brady. That's <laughs> uh, so influential because I just think that is the NFL right now is you need five to seven guys who can make plays. And yet it will get to the Chiefs offense, but they don't have the stars, but they do have the depth. And that's the Eagles, except e- even better depth. Uh, before we move from the offense, one last thing, though, is yes. I am. A, I, you know, I like to get into the, the nitty gritty, but I do like narrative. I, I like narratives, too. Fun. I like them both. Sure. The narrative that we're the greatest broadcasters in the entire world. Well, that's room. not a narrative. That's no. that's facts. You, wait, we talked to Andrew Marchand, <laughs> our friend at the New York Post. Yeah, great guy. Just catching up with him. Good dude. His brother is a longtime listener of the show. Dan's angling for that huge exclusive for our next contract <laughs> extension. Yeah, he I, wants it in front of the New York I Post. I thought it was just me, but then we're talking to Andrew, and uh, Greg made a special point. <laughs> Uh, Marshawn said something like, oh, you guys are doing pretty good. And, and Greg was like, we're doing more than pretty good. Paraphrasing. Uh, we're the best or something I mean, like that. This I was is like, why Greg <laughs> is appropriately strategic also. He, well, he said something to the effect of like, well, you know, if you guys get big enough, I'll be like doing your exclusive. Oh, and I was kind of like, I was like, look, we're already the number one, uh, you know, football, just football only show. You know, if you take, you got to take out fantasy. We are flying high freaking, to freaking, that, close to that sun. Navels, freaking, I'm staring at them. Freaking fantasy. Um, uh, I'm loyal to football. That's right. I am. And uh, I am loyal to this Eagles team, too. And one one narrative, one yes. last thing. Go, going into last offseason was Jalen Hurts versus the Blitz. He was terrible last year. And then he just looked totally scrambled in that game against the Bucks. They won that game because uh, Todd Bowles outwitted Sirianni and Hurts and scheme beat that great offensive line for Philly. It was just a, it was an awful game for Hurts, but maybe the worst game of his career, and it came in the playoffs, and there was a lot of the blitz. And now here we are against my old uh, nemesis, Spags. Spags. What's he famous for? Cooking up those creative 42. blitzes. And, uh, he's pretty yeah. famous for 42. He's famous for them peaking at this time. <laughs> and I know he doesn't do it as much this year, but I do think, like, this is going to be one last time for Hurts to answer that question. And it's been up and down this year, actually. His numbers versus the Blitz aren't, like, amazing. Um, certainly they did fine against the Giants, but they were just so much more talented against the Giants. I thought that the 49ers weren't blitzing early, but they certainly had the Eagles scrambled. And just can Spags create two to three big negative plays or turnovers? Because I think that's what the defenses are going to be really needing to do in this game. I think it's an offensive game, but if you can just create two big plays and then that old bugaboo for Hertz comes back, to me that's like his final level to answer 
to, to be cup right. champion. Right. Like you, like, you think about the possession chart for both teams. Touchdown, 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 right. touchdown, field goal, field goal, field goal. <laughs> if you get interception, a fumble return in there, right. that's how these – this kind of reminds Special me of, like, teams play. Patriots, yep. Eagles, like how it's just like a points explosion. I mean, yeah, we've been trying to predict how these games are going to go in the playoffs, uh, not just the predictions themselves, but the, the feel and the flow of the game. And we're not – we haven't always been right. It's been keeping us on our toes. God, this, doesn't this feel like it's going to be a shootout? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and Aggressive. we know Philadelphia is built defensively when we're going to get to it uh, after our guest is, is built to make big negative plays with their pass rush and, and create turnovers. Like, can the Chiefs rise up and, and do that as well? That's, that's what it's going to be about. I don't think there's any way this in terms of the Eagles offense where we're talking about Sunday night. Man, they scored 13 points tonight. Like, I think they're going to put up points, and then it becomes a matter of can that – great Philadelphia defense slow down Mahomes enough to get the trophy. Yeah, I mean, only injuries or catastrophic errors would have us talking about an Eagles team that scored under 20 points. Right, because the, the, the key to putting up those big numbers is getting sevens instead of threes, and, like, they're just so good in the red zone, and the Chiefs, I think, were 31st in red zone defense. And yet, here they are. They're yeah, all right. Don't forget <laughs> about that double-cheek push that they have up, you know, they've always got that up uh, the Speaking sleeve. of things I don't really need to hear that much more about. I well, was obsessed with the double cheek push. Oh, outlaw the cheek push. Don't outlook the cheek. Oh, it's from rugby. Not, who cares about rugby? <laughs> I don't care about anything about it. It's a football play. Nonsense. All right. Let's take a break. Uh, let's get the Mad Dog in here. Let's talk. Uh, let's just catch up with the Mad Dog. Do some Super Bowl talk with Chris Russo. And then we'll talk about the Chiefs offense v. Philly defense. We'll be right back. All right, let's take a break from the Super Bowl preview and welcome a man who needs no introduction. But I'm going to do it anyway. The legend, Chris Mad Dog Russo, back for, I think, the fifth straight year. The tremendous the trio. How are you guys today? <laughs> Things good? Doing Very great. Very good, great. Chris. Thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure. Great to be here. You guys do a super job. Got a nice set. Away we go. Yeah. Moving and, along well. And let's talk. I mean, listen. We all grew up listening to you on the radio, and then you built out this great empire at Sirius post-WFAN. And now for, like, the real Mad Dog heads, this, like, <laughs> next level to your career with the first take stuff and, like, uh, in addition to the MLB, what is going on? You're having, like, a, a fantastic career out of, here. A, a, a renaissance <laughs> out of nowhere at 63 years of age, you know? I mean, what do you I, think I've it been, is? I've been lucky. Um, <laughs> Uh, I have some private theories on that. Maybe my <laughs> wife wanted to get me the hell out of the house or something. But uh, I've been I've been lucky. You know, I mean, I got a huge break with the first take thing, and it's all because of Stephen A. Smith. So I mean, he's the one who asked me to do that uh, Hall of Fame last year with Bonds and um, and Clemens when they did not get elected on their last try. He texts me on a Monday on January 24th. I go in there on Wednesday. I do two or three segments. It was the week after the. It was the Wednesday after that Packer San Francisco. In a yep. game of the snow. So there was a, I'm Brady with the Rams. So there's a lot to talk about. And the next day, ESPN said if I want to do once a week. There it is. The next that. day. And I took two weeks. I was here at the Super Bowl. I, you know, I agreed to, you know, what they were asking. I didn't beg. They, I, I, they gave me an offer. And I took it. <laughs> and I've been doing it ever since. So you do it once a week. You have fun with it. There's some I do an extra couple when he's away. He's got a nice Johnny Carson contract where he's away in the summertime. So I'll do an extra couple there. Uh, and my job there, essentially, I, got two, I have two roles there. One is to give him a little break because yeah. he does it five days a week. And he knows that I can take some of the load off him. 
And I think, you know, any talk show host, Letterman used to, I used to sense that with Letterman. You know, dude, Letterman so many mm. times that when he knew he had me out for the two segments, I could carry the segments uh-huh. for him. And he didn't have to work. <laughs> He'll right. just set you up with a question or two. Talk. And then, uh, I, I need a breath. And I think there's a little something that going on here with Stephen A. <laughs> I, I think that, not that he needs, but I think. Sure, no, that's And the other thing out. about Stephen A that's very, that's very good is he allows me to be me. So ESPN has allowed me to have those nutty segments right. for seven or eight minutes. I did one today about the you know, what I'm mad about. Mm-hmm. So I did one today. It was the first one I've ever done where I did it in front of an audience. So today I did Rogers, you know, in a cave and trying to figure out what he's going to do with his life. And cheating, <laughs> cheating at the AT&T, he played it with 10 handicap. He's a three index, and he won the tournament, <laughs> the Pro-Am last week. So I did Whoa. that. That you, bothered me. You're fired up about the Rogers you know, making a big spectacle of himself, I bet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Aaron, can you let us know what are you going to go in a cave for five days <laughs> no, before you find out? That. Oh, my that's God, right. Josh, you're crazy. I well, so he's a, a three handicap and he played with him. That's what we Play. like to call in this show a La Raville Magnifico. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the second, did you know the second place Pro-Am guys got all ticked off, including Keith Mitchell, who was the uh, pro? He said, this is a joke. He's not a 10. <laughs> he was a three index. They gave him 10 strokes. Anyway, he, and he won by a stroke. So I did that. I did Orlowski, <laughs> the ESPN guy who somehow didn't have Otto Graham, Joe Montana, and Unitas in his top five quarterbacks of all time. That's well, a layup. Oh, well, let's show uh, Greg's uh, Super Bowl uh, quarterbacks list. We'll I do have a so list of uh, quarterbacks. Oh, Otto Graham never played in a Super Bowl. My, my list is the best quarterbacks of all time. And I had Unitas. I think I've got him, too. Second. Ahead of my, second, Montana. Yeah. And Montana, he didn't have either one of them. I Come on. Dan, jeez, you're better it's than that. Job, I so I screamed on him. And then the third one was Kyrie Irving, who's a freaking layup. Don't let the door <laughs> kick in the rear end on the way out. I got an audience behind me all waving first take sure. signs. I got a camera there. Stephen A's got his sunglasses on. Hey, go do it. You're so yours, six minutes. And you know me, 8 o'clock in the morning. Let's get him going. So that's exactly the what I saw last week, too. You had, they had Mike Frances on. With yeah, you. we did Mike. How did that feel? Just well, the problem with the Mike thing was we got overwhelmed because Brady quit at 8 o'clock right. in the morning. Oh, that's right. So Brady retired at 8 o'clock in the morning, so it was supposed to be sort of a Mike and a Mad Dog thing. And then Brady at 8 o'clock in the morning must not like Mike and a Mad Dog. He's attention-seeking I love him, though. I love yeah. Brady. And he and he uh, announced it. He Instagrammed at 8 o'clock in the morning, so he changed the show's focus a little bit. Right. It gave us something to talk about, but it took away a little bit of the Mike and Chris thing. So, I mean, the bottom line how is that Steve, he, yeah, how dare he, uh, <laughs> And last year he did it on the day of the Selection Sunday. Yes. In NCAA right. basketball. Oh, I think it's very pinpointed. He knows what he's doing. Well, See, I think you're in your Brady, the, you know, you're in your Brady post, you know, 2014. Around 2014, people were like, oh, Brady. Is about to right. hit the end, and then it ended up being the best years. Of well, well that's fair. Maybe there is, but I've been lucky. I've been very lucky. Sixty-three years of age. I mean, with no, three jobs. It's, lucky. it's awesome lucky. to see you thriving still at this level. I want mentioning Brady. I, we always like to hit you up on like what you're watching, what TV you're into, movies. But I want to narrow it a little bit. And I'm, you know, I'm a cynical guy, I guess, because Brady timed up his retirement with the premiere of his movie, uh, which had him in the national dialogue, and then the movie does better than people think. Last weekend. Did 13 million. We got Gronk, one of the co-stars, right, know, right, right over, over there, there, about 20 feet away from uh, you. In a I, I imagine you have not seen 80 for Brady. No, I missed it. But uh, what is the best football movie ever? Ooh. I don't want to put you on the spot here. Wow. You I can did, come back to it. Remember for the Titans is obviously yeah. one that people are going to remember. I tell you the movie that I love. I love the movie. Uh, you want to call it a football movie? I love We Are Marshall. Okay. Mm, uh, all right. With the plane crash in 1970 there in uh, yeah. in the P- in, on Piedmont Airway, and they res- resurrected that football program. I love that movie. Okay. I- I'm okay. a big fan of that. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good answer. So you, 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 did the, you have your quarterback list. 
Yeah. And I think these lists, I, I get a little antsy about like all the legacy talk when these guys are in the middle of their careers. But with Mahomes... He's going to be there at the end of the I, day. Yeah, and I'm not even worried about where he'll end up. But, like, I've seen enough now. Just, I agree. Just in terms of how he plays quarterback, like, where he is right now, I think he's the best player I've ever seen play football. Uh, you, do, do you think he's the best player you've ever seen? Just, I'm not saying what is stacked up and this and that. I'm just it's, taking it's, everything into account. Uh, is he the best? You very well could say that. Um, he's going to the Hall of If he retired tomorrow, he's a Hall of Famer. If he retired tomorrow, you and I here next year would probably put him top five all time. To be number one, you need more than a one. But Super I just Bowl. mean like you, he's playing yeah, today. He's playing the game at a higher level than anyone's ever played. Better it. than Montana? I think so. Well, I mean, we were I, too young for that, so I sort of discount. Well, no, we my watch opinions. Montana. I think I, I, I look for player comps from Mahomes. And the Kelsey brothers uh, did. They have their podcast, and they last week were introduced to the drive. They hadn't really watched it before. And play-by-play, you see what Elway does. And Elway does a couple things on that infamous drive where he looked to me like Mahomes. And I think Mm. it's easy for us to forget that, like, Elway, if you were not a— He would be another candidate for this. It was just like a play, just like at his very peak. Right. If you were not a Broncos fan, I feel this way if you're not a Chiefs fan, Elway would frustrate you to the the depths of your bones. And I think Mahomes does that if you're dealing with it. I agree with that. Now, I'll say one quibble about Mahomes, and it's not his fault. He's never played a road playoff game. It's because he's so good that That's the team's true. good. Never played a road playoff game. He's never He'll had get a, there. He'll play know, plenty. Elway, 98 yards, was in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, he, With dog biscuits and batteries uh, you know, coming Montana, down. Montana, road playoff games. I mean, if road playoff yeah, if games I'm quibbling, like, how about if I give you that one? <laughs> yeah, is that fair? That's fair. I mean, if we're measuring by road playoff games, though, like Mark Sanchez is a legend. So, well, you that's know, fair. I, I remember they, they're going to win that division every year and get that home field. <laughs> but I do, I do want to see. I would like to see him play in Orchard Park on a five-degree day, uh, you know, in a big yeah, spot you know, in January. We've seen he'd still respond. He I know, absolutely I know. would. Yeah, he is he's, that dude. You can make an argument he's the greatest of all time already. You can make that argument. Would you mind doing a few Super Bowl props with us? Yeah, we always have some fun. Go All ahead. right, let's do it. So let's hit the Super my Bowl. My betting this year has been terrible, but go ahead. <laughs> I want to f- focus on um, MVP. Right now they got Mahomes plus 30, Hurts plus uh, 130, both of them. Travis Kelsey plus 1,600. I saw this on Twitter, Mad Dog. His 17, he's played 17 career playoff games, the equivalent of one season in the modern league now. In those 17 playoff games, 127 catches, 1,467 yards, 15 touchdowns. Wow. This dude is a dog. Greggy is a Patriots fan. He gets upset when I say that Kelsey is better than Gronk. It's not even a conversation. I absolutely it's, believe Kelsey could close. blow up and take the MVP in this game and cement himself as better than Greg's hero. Uh, I think the problem, and I, he's great, and he is an all-timer. The problem with taking Kelsey in this game, if he has a huge game, the pension is always to give the MVP to the quarterback. Right. So, you know, sure. you, you, he has to be phenomenal. I mean, let's face it. I mean, there's not many times where the receiver wins the MVP on a winning team. You know, Rice did in 88 against Cincinnati, but everybody only remembers the drive that Montana led against the Bengals to win the game to John Taylor, but Rice won the MVP. It's very, very difficult for the receiver on a winning team to win that award because most of the mm. time, the receiver on a winning team, they're going to give it to the QB. So that's the problem with mm. going with Kelsey, and that's why it's plus 1,600. Makes sense. Every uh, once in a while, Dion Branch, but it's yeah, pretty Branch, rare. Yeah, Branch, that's a good point. It's pretty Branch, rare. Branch, it's a good job on your part. Branch. Yes. Yeah, as a patriot, that's all I was looking for. As a Patriot. <laughs> that's a good job a by you. That's a good job by you. Nice um. performance. Uh, I think the first thing you got to do with the props is you got to decide who's going to win the game. 
All right. And then I think you work with that. If you think the Chiefs win, then you run with Chief props. If you think the Eagles win, I think you run with the Eagle props. Uh, the the one thing I would say, the Eagles are better, two through fifty-three. Mm. The one thing that you'd have a problem with is the best player on the field plays for Kansas City. And if your life's on the line, you're going to take Reed over Sirianni. Throw in the fact, if you look at the history of the, at the court, at the Super Bowl, not, it doesn't always hold out, but usually the first-time coach against the guy who's been there before, the guy that has been there before usually wins. Mm. I mean, example, with Andy Reid when uh, he played uh, Belichick. Uh, you know, they won. Be- uh, McVay and Belichick. McVay yeah. won the next year. Great, great call. Stram against Lombardi. Stram beat Bud Grant. Shooter lost uh, to Dallas. Then he turned around and beat the Washington. Landry lost his first to the Colts. He came back and won the next year against Miami. Mm. So uh, not all the time because Doug Peterson won. But a lot of the times I like that experienced coach in that scenario. So I think that's a little advantage for the Chiefs. Plus the Chiefs are going to be all motivated by how bad they were two years ago. Mm. And they were bad. Offensive line was bad. They play a lot better. So that makes me think that maybe something with the Chiefs, but I, pound for pound, offensive line, defensive line, the year they've had, the Eagles are better. So if you like the Eagles, you take, you, maybe you take, I wouldn't take Hurts running. Mm. He hasn't run that well. Yeah. I but wouldn't I, go there. Maybe you take the pass. What's Goddard, the tight end? I'll look for it, but I like the, I like the Eagles running. Like Sanders over under is 61 and a half oh, and to me the, the two constants with these teams actually they've had some their defenses have gotten better but it's been the the two constants all season that hasn't changed is the eagles are one of the very best run def- offenses that we've seen and the chiefs are a lousy run defense and if you think back to that jaguars game they were running all over them in the first half with a similar sort of rpo and you think to that bengals game that was no match because they're missing their offensive lineman and to me sanders in that running game that's the only mismatch i see in this game i think it's overstated that the eagles have such a better roster i think the chiefs have a nice roster but that's one big advantage well, the, uh, i like that one the only negative about the eagles they have so many weapons brown tight ends good i gotta get Devonte smith the ball once in a while they have homes it hurts will run a little bit Boston Scott will get the ball. That other kid they got who's played well. What's the number? Playoff Kenny again. Gainwell. Gainwell, yeah. Uh, he's got to get the ball. That's a lot of mouths to feed to get the 60 yards for Simon. So that would worry me. You're gonna need a big. You might need a big one. He may only get 10 carries. Okay. So that's what would worry me there. But I, that's a good one though. 60 yards. I'm Goddard is about plus that. 6, by the way. To the MVP, what's the yeah. yard? Does he have a yards or or a tight end? I like, that one. I like I that one. I look it up. Do you have one more? Do you want to share? I have, this one is trenchant. Um, this we don't need to spend a thousand hours on this. But the color <laughs> of the first Gatorade poured on the winning head coach, we've got yellow slash green lime, that strange one, at plus one forty-five. We've got orange plus three hundred and blue plus three fifty. What do you got? Wasn't it blue last year? Well, I, I didn't. I, didn't, was. I wasn't It was my that. trivia question. That's how I know the answer. When you're playing tennis in Connecticut, right? Yep. What are you drinking? What's your energy drink? Or is it water? What do you do? Uh, it's water. I do not drink Gatorade on the court. It's keeping you looking water. very young for water. singles, doubles. Uh, you know, when I was a uh, I love sing. I, you know, there's so much doubles played, so you have to play doubles because that's where the games are. <laughs> the problem with doubles is it, I don't do the two things that is important for doubles serve and volley because doubles it's all about getting to the net and putting points away serve and volleying and i'm better running around all over the place 
keeping balls in play. <laughs> and I don't want to go out there and have to serve on my, a volley on my second serve. And that gets me in trouble in club. Can match. you imagine we're, playing tennis doubles against Mad? We're cut from the same cloth. <laughs> and you tell you just described on my profile. And I so hate to tell you this, it's it's a pain in the neck when I play the tennis, because I usually play Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock. So I'll leave the, I'll leave the radio, and I'll run to the courts. And a lot of times the people I'm playing, I don't know them, different club, but they know me. Right. So now they're all, they, now they're mm. gonna, they want to go home and tell their wives, I kicked Russo's oh, ass. Oh, it's like when you play the Yankees or whatever. Oh, you want to get up to play the Yankees <laughs> and get up to play Mad Dog. And then, I feel, and then I put pressure on myself. Yeah. I can't embarrass myself. And then all of a sudden I go off the, I go off the rails, which bothers me. But true or false, uh, pickleball is the scourge of society. I can't, I can't stand that. I knew he had ah. this. Yeah, but tennis guys are always going to be aligned on no, that. That's for a lot of old men and old women. Let's go out there and hit But well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Put it on TV. Give All me right. Me. Well, maybe that you is just on let TV people like what they like. Before we let you go, Chris, and thank you again for joining us, You help us out with something um, because it's become a, a really uh, a point of contention on our program going back years now. Mm. Um, when we're talking about the what is the more iconic Super Bowl play? Uh, mm. The helmet catch of Giants Patriots one, or the Philly special? What is the more? Well, hold on, you got to explain why it's. Can you explain why? You can if you well, wish. Well, so we have sa- like sandwich props, and we if you win these, like, I before the Eagles <laughs> Patriots wait explain it Super Bowl, <laughs> I predicted that there would be a play that um, became a nicknamed infamous famous play and would become the biggest in Super Bowl history and then the Philly special happened 48 hours later and they're telling me wow. it doesn't hold water to the helmet catch I but did you said the words were that it would be more iconic than the helmet more catch iconic. So Which we'll throw it to Chris. Yeah. Mad Dog Russo. I don't like the Philly special because they were going to score a touchdown. <laughs> they were going to score a touchdown yeah. anyway. I'm done. They were going to I don't you know I know yeah. play I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a weird one. Okay. <laughs> it's a nutty one. Don Beebe at 52-17. Oh, the Leon Lett. ball about over Leon Lett. It's an iconic play. I mean, they got crushed in that game, but it's I an iconic play. I love the play. How about James Harrison? That's a good one, At the one end too. of the yeah. Cardinals-Steelers first half. Holmes is catching the same game. But certainly not. Philly special, All right. Chris. I hate that play. You like that play? I well, no. It's just that I have. To, I had a dog in the race. I predicted this kind of thing would so, happen, so I've got to fight for it. Wasn't that a first down play? Or was, it was I, a two-point conversion. Now, no, was, it was, was it a touchdown? Oh, it was a touchdown. Oh, touchdown. Oh, the half. Yeah. I don't right. like that play. I mean, they were going to score anyway for Klein out. I may, the ball. I may never bring this subject up <laughs> ever again. We, uh, <laughs> we, we know you. You should be getting royalties when people say that's a good job by you. That's I just, my I favorite do, one. I do want to ask permission, though. We are going to use you destroying his argument Please, you can as use a it. sound drop on our show. Can yeah. we do that? Absolutely. Thank you. Are you an Thank Eagle you. fan? In the future. No, not at all. So why would you pick that? That's I don't know. It was just came into my into And my he mind. don't like it because he's a Patriot no, fan. No, of course. I so have no you're support. Dead, you're dead out of the way. No I don't like either one. This like is the best one. day of my life. Uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo, <laughs> you are seriously uh, someone we, we look up to and uh, best of uh, wishes to you going forward in this. The, the Russo renaissance is just flying right now. It's going to stop eventually. I'll say something stupid and that will be the end of it. <laughs> and then you won't have me on on Super Bowl. No. Oh, yeah. We'll treasure uh, this. We'll stand by you. We'll stand you, by you. you challenged us. <laughs> Great to be here, guys. You're the best. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Oh, I got the mad dog in my corner on the Philly not so special. Come on, Sessy. I mean, if I I'm really wanted, now. if I really wanted to dig into, you know, the childhood <laughs> 
mythology of listening to Mike and the Mad Dog for so many years. I really could have gone at him if I wanted to, but I, I'm sitting next to Chris Russo, and it still feels somewhat surreal to me, and I was just sort of like listening to him untangle and destroy me word by word. <laughs> he I, I did try to go at him here or there. Just to, he was uh, flabbergasted. Yeah. That's my way to get, get his respect. Um, but we are going to uh, play that. Uh, Russo sound drop coming after Mark for years. He was almost insulted you would even have such an opinion. I think the, the one thing that was lost a little bit due to my lack of um, clear explanation was that I predicted something of that nature would Doesn't happen. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, I literally don't care what your response is. <laughs> I am now battling myself <laughs> to speak on the show. Or you might have an actual tag team partner who is actually yourself here. So that's, that's, that's weird. <laughs> it is weird. It's... Um, Interesting. All right. I'm with myself also. But that was awesome. <laughs> I love Mad Dog. And here's a little insight into this. And we say this every year just as a reminder because we have a lot of overseas listeners that don't even know who Chris Russo is. We do a lot of things, 98% of the things we do directly for the audience. What would the audience want? This is the 2%. That's for us. That's for us. The it's Mad ours. Dog. But what strangely has happened here, boys, and we talked about it with Chris. There's probably a little more than 2%. All right. <laughs> the Russo Renaissance, <laughs> after he finished with us, he goes to the next set over and picks up an NFL Network stick mic, and he's on NFL Network. That was not happening a few years back when we had Russo on. His stature has really shot up uh, getting involved in the talking really head world. Stunning late career planning by him. He's and like, I think he's got that Pete Carroll youthful vibe gene going on where he's 63. I'm 63 years old. I don't know how long I got left, but it's going pretty good. It's a good job by me. Love it. W's all over that sec. All right. And now time for the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota. The Chiefs, they want a dub over the Eagles. Nailed it. They're not going to get it unless they get a big-time performance from their offense. So let's talk Chiefs offense versus that Philadelphia uh, defense. Mark, I'll start with you on this one. We actually heard uh, Mad Dog say it's it's a well-worn kind of trope by now as we get closer to the game. It's the Chiefs have the best player, so they got number one, and then – you know, two to fifty-three or whatever is more Eagles. Okay, sure, that makes sense. But this is going to be a challenge for Mahomes, who's less than one hundred percent, and we have a all-time, and I mean it, all-time Eagles pass rush going after the great Mahomes. Yeah, because it's a trope. I still feel like Mahomes is going to find a way to be there with that final possession, and it's going to be up to him. And I think there's a lot of probably angst and annoyance about how the Super Bowl went a couple years ago when their offensive line was banged up, and that neutralized Mahomes. But now you're dealing with the nastiest pass rush that we've seen in a long time. I love the idea and the concept that Jonathan Gannon, defensive coordinator, early in the year and throughout the past couple seasons has been lashed on Philly Talk Radio as this, like, sort of guy that you want to scapegoat. It's like this team last year. They need something to be angry about. I guess so. They were 31st in sacks a year ago, and you had guys like Fletcher Cox not buying into the scheme. It's completely flipped this year. Fletcher Cox with eight sacks. They are, they've led the league in this. They're so disruptive. I think the Chiefs' offensive line, which is a quality line, is going to need to play the game of their life. I mean, this, this is like they've had 51 sacks on non-blitzes. And so we've always talked about it with the Bradys and the Mahomes. If you can find a way to get to him, if he's somehow compromised on that ankle, which it's been 22 days since that injury. Mm. He looked fine. He found a way to play. 
in the AFC title game. He didn't look perfectly physically fine, but he made that run at the end. It's like Mahomes just finds a way, and this is an offense that's evolved and changed, and they took the post-Tyreek Hill challenge, and I think Andy Reid is obviously one of the greatest masterminds around for what they've done to adapt this offense without him. Right, and the 2-53, to 53, if we're going to start kind of talking about that line matchup, is overstated because, like, Okay, Jason Kelsey might be uh, a man considered for the Hall of Fame someday. I think most general managers would take the Chiefs center. Creed Humphrey, a second-team All-Pro this year. Uh, the interior line with, with Tooney and, uh, and Trey Smith, like that's maybe the best interior group in the league. And they're great running the ball, and they don't do it a lot, but there's some stats that, that show in terms of getting penetration in, in the run that the Chiefs prevent that happening, especially on the inside, as well as any team in the league. So they can run the ball. They can probably slow down Hargrave and Cox, uh, Fletcher Cox like more than, than most teams. I think the matchups on the outside are where I'm intrigued because Andrew Wiley's, yeah, he's, he's okay. A- Orlando Brown's there. He's a big dude, but you mentioned Reddick. You mentioned um, you, know, you, you have Josh Sweat, and then I'm looking at Brandon Graham, who I still have nightmares about that Super Bowl, you know? Mm. People don't really remember the Brandon Graham play at all. He's right in front of us. But that's the play that ended the game. That's the one that won the Super Bowl. And Brandon Graham, uh, to me, is typical of this team that they've kept together. Uh, And it's great that they only use him, you know, 30 snaps a game. He's their third rusher. But when I went back to watch that NFC Championship, he had Trent Williams on skates on one play where he just overpowered him. And that's like the strongest guy in the NFL, Trent Williams. Brandon Graham seems to be playing like a man possessed right now. I would watch for him specifically on Sunday. He's been through a lot. He's as fresh as can be, and he's an all-time great eagle. And so those edge rushers on the outside, I I do think that's where Philly can can get some damage done. Unbelievable. The Eagles, one of three teams in the next-gen stats era to have five players or 35-plus pressures this season. Reddick led the way with 62. Hargrave, Sweat, Graham, Fletcher Cox. Guys Mm. that just get there. And it's going to be so interesting to see. Here's the thing. Mahomes is not 100%. But you want to hear, like, one of those things that makes Mahomes not human? Let's hear it. On that scramble, the one that got him the first down and then the push out of bounds that got him to field goal range. He was at 18.14 miles per hour, which was his fastest scramble of uh, the playoffs, including before the ankle injury. So, like, to me, that kind of answers any question I have, barring an actual true setback where he gets rolled up on in this game, that he is in this zone where he's going to grind through, and if he has to move, he could still move. And then you think about what else makes Mahomes great. There's so many things. But his ability to avoid pressure and sacks and scramble. Mm -hmm. There is nobody better in football. There might not be anyone better, period, in the history of the sport at evading pressure and not only evading pressure. Like, anybody can – look at my buddy Zach Wilson. Anybody can scramble and do pirouettes and throw it out of bounds. Um, (laughs) Mahomes is an assassin when he is being chased, when he's on the run. He can still pick a defense apart, and he's also great at a deep drop back. When you have more time to throw, he knows how to buy time hit a receiver. He is the perfect anecdote to uh, anecdote to this pass rush, and I think that's very interesting. I think the other X factor, though, is the, that the pass rush sets up one of the best secondaries in the league. I mean, a guy like James Bradbury, 
has allowed the second fewest receptions over expected all among all defenders. Devontae Maddox is back. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is back at safety where he had six interceptions this year. Darius Slay. It's like there isn't really a weakness or a weak area in Philly's defense for Mahomes to attack. So it's going to be it's even more on him just to be Mahomesian. Well, then there's the other aspect of how and we're going to get into this more, I think, but like how the Chiefs changed their attack post Tyreek Hill. And uh, Mahomes has never been more efficient, and many of his touchdowns were 10 yards or less. The Eagles, they, one of their strengths is they allowed the lowest passer rating on intermediate passes this season where Mahomes' bread has been buttered, uh, especially mm. obviously with Kelsey. That's another part of this group. Well, that's, that's one of the things that the Eagles fans were frustrated by is like maybe they played a bit of a soft defense, you know, zone defense where they let you go up and down the field with these seven-yard throws. And that's what a lot of defenses have tried to do to Mahomes the last two years. And he adjusted and he got better at it. And you do worry about that a little bit as an as a Eagles fan. But they've been making big plays uh, in terms of interceptions this year to make up for it. Yeah, like, yeah, you can move the ball 40 yards, but if it ends with an interception, like, they're counting on making a big play eventually. I do think there is a weakness, though, Mark, which is their linebackers are going to be on the field a lot in this game. The Chiefs play with heavy personnel almost as much as any team in the league in terms of having two tight ends, sometimes even three tight ends. Like, they are a two-tight-end team. It's usually Noah Gray and Kelsey, and that just – Let's Reed cook his magic. I mean, that's the thing with Mahomes. It's the two of them coming together, and Reed gets those mismatches, whether it's Kelsey on the wrong cornerback or on, you know, running backs on linebackers or receivers sometimes on linebackers. The Eagles will be tempted to have Kaiser White and TJ Edwards on the field at the same time because this is a pretty good Chiefs. Uh, running team and you have these two tight ends so they they almost make you play heavy to match up with them and then they kill you they have the tightest formational width the Chiefs Ooh, in terms of their offensive look what we're getting planet. for the well, Super no, because Bowl that, tightest that, formational that, width of, of the last seven seasons which talks Mark about Sessler I mean, he I measured it himself. Yeah, I measured it myself. Over, yeah, that's how it works. That's but how it works. It's this multiple tight ends, <laughs> and they're using the running backs as receivers a ton. And I still – I know I keep saying this, and at some point in life I need this to come true, but I think you've got, like, Andy Reid – down in a bunker with like half-eaten cartons of Chinese food, coming up with plays for Kadarius Tony in this game. At some point, we're going to get the Kadarius Tony situation. I may have a sandwich prop related to that tomorrow. Mm. He's a top see. ten football insider. Yo, you know what? Those guys, here, by the they way. are about uh, about twenty yards away. Want to settle up some business? I don't. I think it's an awkward conversation. I'm sure they don't even remember saying it. It'll be a great oh, tag here. team match. Yeah, oh, Sessie made it. Sessler. I mean, there. how about that guy? Uh, Who is that guy? By the way, oh, we're sitting up on higher land than they are. I They're like down that. on the ground. Like we're that. up here on this Diaz. That's so. good. Yes, living well is the best revenge. I like the idea of a Stugatz uh, Zolak versus Hansis Sessler tag team match. Is and it we, verbal or is it physical? It's a physical spar, but we bring, like, we, we get, like, uh, remember uh, Mr. Fuji? Oh, yeah. Like, he would throw salt in the enemy's eyes, maybe some brass knuckles sneak in. And we play a little dirty. That's Greg, Mr. Fuji, in this situation. Greg will be our manager, Mr. Fuji. I mean, I don't give up. With, I'm also with your Japanese play ties, dirty. that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, that now we're maybe crossing over. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not throwing salt in another man's eye? And being our, uh, what do they call them? They weren't the managers. They were called show, chauffeurs. I don't know. Anyway, back to the game. I look at uh, Mahomes and what he does in terms of <laughs> headline of this podcast. Greg, I will not be Mr. Fuji. Well, I, I like. I want to get in the mix. Doesn't Mr. So doesn't Mr. Fuji is just like on the sideline doing sneaky things? I want to yeah. bite. Well, there were, there were the, I at least yeah. want to bite some ankles. There and, were the managers uh, get in there. Some of those managers became wrestlers like Virgil, but Mr. Fuji sure. never. He was an elderly. A little he was an older Asian yeah. man. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> back I, to the game at hand. So, Bill Belichick uh, was on the Let's Go podcast. We've been given a lot of how about that props. It was really good. Let's give some respect to the Let's Go podcast because we buried him for not getting the breaking news. But then you get Belichick right after it. And and he was amazing. If you're a Patriots fan or just a huge football dork that likes the the history of it all, hearing Belichick talk for 25 minutes on Brady warmed my cold heart, and uh, it, it was fantastic. And the, one of the things that stuck with me was what he thought made Brady more special than others. He said one thing about like making teammates better, but the 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 other thing he thought, which he saw early in his career, was just his ability to see the entire field as one in slow motion, basically, and be able to say exactly what happened on a given play, where everyone is, what they're all doing, and processing it all in real time in a way that Belichick almost couldn't understand, that it, that it was superhuman. And that was the thing that made Brady Brady. And that is the one thing. I don't think there's many Mahomes and Brady similarities, but I really think that's Mahomes' number one superpower is that vision the ability to see everything at once because I think it informs what you were talking about of making him hard to sack and it and it explains sort of his good decision making and he he uses that superpower in a different way than Brady but I think he has it in a way that I that I think is un, unparalleled in today's NFL where like he knows where everyone is it moves in slow motion he sees it all he can kind of like move what's going to happen before it happens on the chessboard in the middle of the play so it's almost like what Brady had but then adding the mobility and the athleticism to use it in a different way and that's why as someone who's, who's pretty obviously rooting for the Eagles here uh, just has me scared to death because like there's been proven no pass rush um, if it's a good enough offensive line that can totally solve that and I, I, I don't know if like Jonathan Gannon in this Eagles defense is going to confuse him or mix things up enough to mess up that picture and he's going to see that picture and as the game goes on just like that first Super Bowl he played in I think he'll he'll know what to do and that, that worries me. And one little tag on to that the you know Travis Kelsey who's he basically prophesized the rise of Mahomes after that season we had played one game. Here during Super Bowl week, he basically said, no, you need to re- realize this is going to be a player who changes the game. And it was like, whoa, really? Well, it was a nice headline, but it was true. And he's, I think he knows Mahomes better than anyone. And he played quarterback himself. And he said that the fact that, that Kelsey played that position, he can see what Mahomes is going through in the pocket. He talked mm-hmm. about this this week. And that he thought that, you know, we're always looking at what is different about Mahomes, what can you say about him, but that this season he grew more as a quarterback by leaps and bounds than any other year. And maybe it's hard for us to sort of see what that means, but the the other players that are close to him and linked to him play to play, they see a different quarterback who keeps growing. He wouldn't have won that game a few years back where he basically was down to MVS and Kelsey. In this game, you, you get Juju, you get you, you get Tony. Like you, you, you might uh, get what uh, you get Tony for about ten plays. You, but, yeah. you get Justin Watson, who actually was sick for that game. And I, I do think if the Eagles, you know. The, they're going to maybe allow the Chiefs, who have been such a, a short passing attack, to take some shots down the field. And they don't really have the guys, but it's MVS, it's Justin Watson. It wouldn't shock me to see like a Justin Watson 37-yard play. He only has two targets in the game. But the Eagles, I think, are going to like almost dare them maybe to make those types of plays. Yeah, I think uh, the, the Kelsey side of it is is he's so inevitable. It does remind me because we do talk about – 
the Gronk-Kelsey thing. Like, that's the way Gronk was at his peak, too. With Brady, when he needed it, when he needed to have it, who would be streaking across the middle and just lumbering down for 31 yards in a huge spot? Kelsey is, to me, he felt better than ever this year. Um, and I just think he's going to have a huge game. Like, I think that Kelsey, and that's not breaking news because we know his role, uh, but I think what we've seen from him this year is how he's mastered the position to the point where he just gets open every single play just about, and that goes a lot of credit, of course, to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes because they've been able to so quickly um, retool this offense, and it kind of makes sense in retrospect. And I don't think enough people are talking it up after Tyreek left. It's like, yeah, they're going to have to change their ways. They're not going to be trying to take the top off defenses as much, but they still have this other guy. And the fact that he's been so dominant this year, how does he have less than 130 yards in this game? I just don't see well, it. He's averaged 105 over his last eight postseason games. I mean, Jeez. it has so much to do with Mahomes. But Avanti how do you Maddox. attack him? How do you attack him? Because against man, he has 12 touchdowns against man coverage, five more than any other player in the league. Against zone, 2.6 yards per route, first among tight ends. It's like there's no easy way to stop. I think if you had gone back last offseason and it was, it was Travis Kelsey that had left and Tyreek Hill had stayed, I don't think you overcome that the same way. Wow. I, that's a hot take, and I, I think I'm with you on that. Um, uh, you ahead. stop it with Cha- Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. This is why they made that trade in Avante Maddox. Those are two good players. Stop him? Not stop him, but slow him down. Certainly you, you put two people on him. But those – if you're going to drop some players and they're both a little too small for Kelsey and that's that's the problem, um, they're both good players. And this is like that trade, good or bad, I think he's going to have to show up in this game. And he might he might get burned, uh, but he's going to be a big factor. The Isaiah Pachenko side of this, him and Jarek McKinnon. Remember, McKinnon was on just like a hellacious run there. He was scoring a touchdown every week. They have a nice one-two punch, Kansas City, in their running game. And, and you could look, where's another potential spot of vulnerability uh, for Philly if they can establish the run at all. And Pacheco, he is one of the, in terms of uh, running back success, uh, one of the most successful running backs this season, uh, fourth high <laughs> success rate per 100 carries, 46.5. So he's kind of a under-the-radar guy. And then McKinnon just has had a nose for the end zone, including He's a monster in the flat. When Mahomes gets him the ball, he finds the goal line. They just haven't had a running back like this. I think Pacheco is just a punisher. And, I mean, for what they want to be this season, he, it, it's again, this front office just keeps nailing things left and right, and this was the perfect running back to bring in. I uh, think it's – I don't know if ironic's the word, but, like, you, you look back at those Eagles teams where Andy Reid made his name, where Andy Reid, I think, had about as much influence on the next 20 years of the NFL as any offensive coach – there we've seen and you see his offenses looking a lot like the 99 through whatever it was 005 and and beyond eagles but man eagles fans in the end in a lot of those big games were like can you please just run the ball a little more when it's working can you do Mm. it andy Reid? and now you look at this matchup where he's going up against his old team the eagles and certainly their big weakness is is running the ball they play a style of defense that's in vogue, kind of like the Chargers, where they almost beg you to run. And so will Andy Reid, like, stay patient and do it? Because I think he's got the players. You guys explained why with Pacheco and definitely the offensive line to keep doing it. Because I'm not really buying the whole, like, you know, they brought in Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Sue, and they haven't really been playing Jordan Davis. Like, that is where you can attack the Eagles. Mm. And that was the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota. Good game. Are we not talking up this Eagles defense enough, though? Because I'm feeling I, I think really we are, but then we're yeah. also in the previous Mark segment. 
we say that it's going to go touchdown, 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 and be I mean. like 45 to Here's 43. Here's the thing, though. Like, good, yeah, I, I agree, but like good defenses, it's these are two great offenses, and they're two, you know, potential, you know, at least the, the Eagles are good defense, and, and the Chiefs can be, but it's like, I just think offenses win that battle, you know? And so they just got to make enough plays. If you just get three stops, I don't think it's going to be like last year where the Rams and Bengals are just trading uh, punts for like 18 possessions. That was, I a, hope not. That was a classic uh, Russo nug about experienced head coaches against young head coaches. Uh, but it, there was a lot of data backing it up. There is. So then you like special teams. Is there any huge edge there? Uh, the, the kickers, is there a huge edge there? I don't know. Uh, head coach. Yeah. I, Give me. Bucker's had some misses this year. Yeah, he has. He hasn't been as good this season. But like uh, Reed and Spags, I re- <laughs> I'd feel good if I'm a Chiefs fan against. I know Sirianni's getting uh, pumped up here, and we had Baldy on the show last week who pointed out what a great staff he has that keeps that team balanced and keeps things centered. Uh, but give me Reed over Sirianni. Well, and Reed coming off. I mean, I I get tired of these stats, but like Reed coming off bye weeks or an extra week to prepare. I mean, his record is a sterling. Well, I, I made a big uh, jag, you know, classic, oh, the, there's Rosenthal talking too long again, rant before the NFC championship about how a, the difference Those is going to be worst. Sirianni uh, going for it on fourth down and that they're very, they got, they kind of remind me of the Patriots where they're very buttoned up in terms of situational football. And I think he's got that advantage here too. I don't think Andy Reid's quite as aggressive in those situations. He's certainly not. Uh, they tend to have a, a few more uh field goals and fourth and six and I see Sirianni really going for it using all four downs and I think that that's puts the way pressure to on Reed to be yeah, the same way hey don't be self-conscious you could honk when you're passionate you're loyal I mean I do sport. I do I do I mean it's also passionate, passionate honking largely your show sorry. so you, this is your I place do to honking. do it so I do the honking all right Greg is like a little dog, like biting at your you ankle as you're just attempting up. to just do your Can thing. You just you know? shut up. Not, not in this case, though. See, I do get grief. All right. Shall we pick this game? Yeah. Should I start since my, I have the least amount of drama? I don't know who you Can guys I, are picking. Well, let's. you should know because we wrote about this on NFL.com, Mark Sessler. I think a good way maybe to uh, – I think we did this last year too. <laughs> Mark's like, do I have to stick with that pick? I know. This, this I, is good. Well, I, I think I've picked the same thing over and over, oh, okay. but it's the let's scores might be a little different. Can I get some dramatic music from Justin? Grave digger. I'll read mine first. I get sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you gotta stand out on the website. Yeah. This is what you did. You're saying. Chiefs 37, Eagles 17. Whoa. Why? Rude. Colon. The days of feasting on Daniel Jones and Josh Johnson never seem so far away for the Eagles, <laughs> who get cooked by Patrick Mahomes on the sport's biggest stage. Super Bowl 57 MVP. Mahomes. Bold prediction, Colin. Mahomes finishes with more total touchdowns. Five than incompletions. Four. Sizzle! Sizzle take from Zeus. I think that's a sizzle take. Wow. I'm um I'm a little stunned. <laughs> so am I actually as I I'm, read that. I'm hurt, and there are a lot of possible outcomes for this game, and you could Wind up look because I don't think many are on that corner. You could wind that's up. That's a Dan Hansen yeah, shout out. Th- that could make me look very stupid in a few days, and it probably will. Mark, your turn. Hit the music, Grave Digger. Oh wait, I've got a whole spiel. I think he's looking for it. I'm not gonna. I help gotta him, find which it. Just fun. It's fun to watch Mark panic. Doom scroll. Okay, here he goes. Eagles 34, Chiefs 28 in overtime. Wait, Why? You, overtime? You say? Yeah. 
Why? Of course. Every game mark is overtime. Hold on. It went to the top of the page again. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Okay. Why? The Eagles are the ideal blend of might up front, stars on both sides of the ball, and next-level coaching. It's just enough to take care of business against Mahomes and friends. MVP, Jalen Hurts, bold prediction. In a glorious bit of Super Bowl poetry, the Eagles run the Philly special from the Kansas City's four-yard line with eight seconds to go in overtime. Jalen Hurts for the win. Very good. So you got to stand out. Then I'll be be calling Mad Dog on the phone if that happens. Okay. My way to stand out, and I did not. uh, Yeah, where are you on this, uh, Mr. Team Player? I don't even see your prediction on this article. Well, I did do the game picks all season long on NFL.com, and then they bumped me for this last week. (laughs) And um, I didn't stood at, I didn't. Uh, you didn't send anything in? I did not. Wow, General Felice and Ali Ben Well, because I'm on the record. You can go back to August and right. you can look at my right, the Super music. Bowl prediction give them the back music. then. And it was Philadelphia Eagles over Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Written in tablet. Two consistent factors this season for these two teams. One is a dominant, game-breaking running attack. What is this music? One is a terrible rush defense, and that's what's going to be the difference. The Eagles are throwing it back to a game, uh, a time in football when you were ground and pound, but they're also doing it in a new way. This will be the best running quarterback to win a Super Bowl, to win a Super Bowl by running the ball and building the game uh, around your running game and around the run of your quarterback. I know Russell Wilson could scramble, but this is how they built their offense. They said you couldn't win a Super Bowl that way. Oh, that's a college offense. That is how they are going to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> He's tying it back together to the opening of the show. And it's they said well that you couldn't pick the Super Bowl right ahead of the season, and I'm going to do it. Eagles 35, Chiefs 31. Very nice. Are you a bigger brand builder than Austin Eckler at this I'm point? I'm trying. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this will never happen again, so I got to really is. play it that is a, That is a money prediction, because I mean, how wayward and sideways do those things go? These, like, do you do that entire rant with this music under you? <laughs> <laughs> I would have enjoyed it. I was desperately calling for wacky music. And then Gravedigger plays a monk chanting in a temple somewhere (laughs) underground. That was the uh, gravitas it deserved. We're going to give you your flowers. If this goes the way you predicted in August, you deserve flowers. They'll be put at your feet. I don't. I don't feel good though. Pick. Pick. I. I think I remember at that uh, Chiefs Super Bowl when I picked. Uh, I mean, I do feel good. That would totally ruin everything I just said. But uh, right. Uh, that Chiefs Super Bowl when they won, just making the, a similar rant of how I like never p- pick against Mahomes. Not a comfortable place. It's exciting. Be. Yeah, you're in a tight spot. Very tight spot. Man predicts football game. Not as tight <laughs> as last year's Super Bowl when. <laughs> Mark and I were in a lockoff for the trophy. Oh, yeah. I don't have to sweat that out. That does feel better. That's and I looked over after the Aaron Donald play, and it looked like Mark's head was about to explode oh. at SoFi. Well, it, <laughs> I didn't like how that went. <laughs> oh, I didn't even remember that. You didn't talk for about 45 minutes. After that. <laughs> but I, there is a – I, you know, you were the champion in the locks this year. I wish I could have locked off against you here to get that tie, but there is, there's less stress involved. That's fine, too. Just enjoy the game. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm going with the Chiefs, because I really do enjoy uh, watching a legend like Mahomes here at the height of his powers at 27 years old. I like to see greatness in person. I got my dad, Keith, coming in on Friday, my cousin, Big Al, coming in. I want them to see greatness. 
So well, let's yeah, do it. your your dad's been to a couple Super Bowls, and uh, you know he's seen some great. He, that's this is different because I think the quarterback matchup is so unusual. And but I'd I'd counter and say that if Philly took this game as Greg has predicted, as I predicted, yes. We keep looking for these dynasties. The Chiefs are on the edge of becoming what the, the closest you can be right now if they take this thing. But the Eagles, I think, are not going away for a very long mm, time. This even. is the kind of team that wins this game. Mm. Mm. My father-in-law well, will be at his second Super Bowl uh, Sunday, flying in from Love Japan, arriving Saturday night, the only Super Bowl he's ever seen in person. Tom Brady, helped along by our friend who's walking around Radio Row here, Media Row, Malcolm Butler, in a classic. That game was so good, he became a legit NFL fan for a while after that. So it was both both Phoenix Super Bowls he went to. Is he, uh, does he have an he affinity to, for the, he the did, desert? He does. He used to, uh, loves the desert. He used to work yeah. for some company that had a lot of business here. <laughs> um, and if you, but just be careful what you wish for here, Mark, because if you thought New England sports fans were annoying when they had a dynasty team, <laughs> just imagine Philadelphia sports fans. No, you're right. You're right. But I have no control over any of this. So no. I know it's tough. I don't. I like both these teams. I'm with you. I do like greatness, and so I, I, I'll be happy for either. Yeah, one. and Connie Fox is coming in with Gonzo, and they're looking to to see a second Super Bowl. It's all all good. All good either way. We're not done though. Usually we do all the preview show, way. and you feel like okay, see you Sunday. But we right. got another show. We gave this one a little bit of a longer runway this year, uh, so people could uh, check out our picks and our analysis of the game itself. But we do have. Uh, a Friday show coming up as well with some uh, more great interviews uh, to come with some superstars of the sport. And we'll maybe do some uh, sandwich props on Friday. That okay. sounds fun. Uh, and maybe uh, some prop talk. Maybe maybe the, who knows, maybe the Rainmaker comes out. These are all things that could happen on Friday. Many variables. All right, great stuff. Good stuff. Let's go. That's it. Mark saw Colt McCoy in the lobby of the hotel. And oh, my God. Blushed. It was great. Total fanboy. Did not say a word, though. We got to make that happen. All right. Till Friday, heed the call. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen, so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander.